Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Gwinnett Sports Podcast. We're previewing round three football uh, matchups in Gwinnett County. GHSA quarterfinals. So we've got five teams left in three different classifications in the quarterfinals. A couple teams playing uh, teams from the same uh, region, actually. Um, and uh, that we'll kind of, I guess, start there in uh, Class 7A, where you've got uh, a couple of teams playing Region 1 opponents in uh, North Gwinnett playing Colquitt County. That's, of course, a rematch of last year's uh, state championship game. And then uh, Archer coming up against Tift County. Um, that is a... Um, well, that's the at-large bid against the uh, number two seed from Region 8. And then I think to go even further, Grayson playing Lowndes. Those are all three, yeah, all three regional regional teams. Yeah. yeah, so the only team to come out is Camden, uh, former uh, North Gwinnett coach Bob Spire. Got them back in the playoffs after a few years of anonymity. But uh, that program's obviously got some history as well. So what does it kind of say about this region that – and this happens every year. So there's one of those teams that's going to make a long run from Region 1 where – you look up and down that not the guys, you know, going to SEC schools or ACC schools, but they're all just really good and really consistent. There's a lot of football players down there, and they take it seriously. They, they love their football. They're generally very physical teams, uh, play hard on defense, run the ball well. Uh, for a long time, it was Lowndes that was going to be the team making the deep runs through uh, out of that region. Valdosta used to be in that region, but it's dropped down a class now. But it was always Lowndes for, for the longest time that caused Gwinnett headaches. And, uh, and then it's become, since Coach Probst got the Colco County down in Moultrie, he's been the team and the power that everybody's had to deal with. Uh, but, yeah, you, like you said, it seems like one of those teams, maybe two, seem to make a, a deep run in the playoffs. And I think the same can be said this year. It's going to be a pretty tough test for Gwinnett in this round. Yeah, North Gwinnett coming up against Colquitt, a game I'm pretty sure last year they, you know, they weren't really looked at as favored. Um, you know, say what you will about the end of that game, but definitely Colquitt gave North Gwinnett a little bit of help. They had, I think, two or three untimed downs that gave – North a chance to uh, uh, get, just get closer and closer until it was finally in field goal yeah. range and kicked the ball uh, to win the game with uh, literally zero seconds on the clock when it hit his foot. So uh, Colquitt definitely remembers that. Yeah, how can you forget? It's only a year ago. All those, a lot of those kids are back, and a lot of those kids on North Gwinnett are from the same team. So this will be an interesting matchup. I think um, you know both coaches are you know claiming that they're keeping their kids focused. You know just. Faceless, nameless, faceless opponents here, but I don't see how that can't factor in when it's been less than a year since that game. Yeah, it's got to be motivation. I mean, that was just a total collapse there at the end of the game. I mean, you get state championship in your grasp, and then you do everything you can to let North Cornette get back into it and kick a game-winning field goal. So that's, that's got a, a painful memory that's kind of fueled those kids for a long time. Uh, they might not say it now, but I think if you talk to the kids after the game, if Colquitt is able to win, I think they'd definitely would tell you that's motivation. That's something they've been thinking about all year long, uh, just how close they came to the state championship and to have it pulled out from under like that. And this is uh, some grumblings down there that this may be Coach Probst's best team since he's been down there, So, which I believe because uh, anybody that can beat that Grayson team uh, over there like they did uh, has got to have a lot of talent. And uh, always has kids that play hard, and he uh, brings them in waves. Yeah, Colquitt's 12-0. and um, Just, I mean, just having beat Grayson, got the chance to see them already, and they you know, just a sound team overall. Got a nice uh, running back, Ty Leggett, kind of a small guy, but, you know, kind of in the same fashion as uh, Goodson Crosby guys, just mm-hmm. very fast, elusive uh, runner, but not necessarily uh, biggest as far as size goes. Um, I think this is one of the teams that, and this week, Colquitt, uh, 
you know, we kind of have to lean a little bit on just like history. We've got Valdosta matching up with Dekula and kind of makes me want to lean towards Colquitt in this one. And I've been on Gwinnett or North Gwinnett all year and they it's really, they really haven't shown me anything to say that I should pick against them, but right. just that Colquitt's just been typical and Rush Probst is uh, used to playing in these games and used to getting his team beyond these games into state championships. Yeah, for whatever reason in the past uh, several seasons, it seems like uh, Colquitt's been on the road a lot in the state playoffs. and It's a very tough place to play down there. I know last year they had to play five road games to get to the championship game at North Gwinnett, which ended up not being in a neutral, neutral side even because of the weather. It was at North Gwinnett. So five straight road games was a heck of a run last year. But to play play, Moultrie, play Colquitt down in Moultrie, it's a, it's a tough task. It's a lot going against you down there. It's a big stadium, a big loud crowd. Uh, who knows how the referees are going to work out for you down there. Maybe, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting trip for North. It's got a lot working against them. So and all in all, I think uh, Colquitt's got a lot to play for, a lot more motivation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Colquitt pulls out the win here, but I'm sure North will keep it close. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about um, Grayson and Lowndes. That's uh, sort of at the top of the bracket here. Grayson, you know, we've seen that they're, they've kind of made a reputation as a second-half team. Uh, I think reading in Dave Friedlander's preview this week, uh, which you can read at GwinnettPrepSports.com, uh, Christian Honeycutt was actually a member of the coaching staff on the Lowndes for uh, a couple years at least, maybe briefly, but he anticipates a pretty physical football game, and I think that's how the you know teams in Region 1 sort of typically play. Uh, the guys up front are just you know really physical, really aggressive, and Maybe that's not always Grayson's game, at least offensively. Defensively, I think we're going to see the same Grayson team we've seen all year. Uh, I waffled back and forth with this one just because, I mean, Lowndes uh, is the uh, number two seed, I think, from Region 1, but um, has really just kind of wasted the teams it's played against. 55-14 mm-hmm. to 14 against Cherokee. Shut out Westlake, a team that really pushed Grayson. But I'm going to end up going with Grayson here. Uh, Lowndes um, has been on the road the past two weeks. Uh, I don't know if that sort of thing takes its toll or not, but I think in the same way that Colquitt's home field advantage, I think Grayson's is as well when the playoffs come. I think everyone really likes to watch that football team play too. Yeah, particularly in this round, you're talking about the travel on the day after Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a pretty tough time to have a road game. And Lowndes is going to be physical. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup, though, against that Grayson defense. If the Grayson D is motivated, which apparently they were last week, scoring three touchdowns in the third quarter uh, with that defensive side of the ball. But I think for, for Grayson, again, it's going to come down to how well can they play on offense. Uh, it's been hit or miss on that side of the ball. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. So the Grayson offense plays well, takes care of the ball, puts some drives together. I think there's no question uh, Grayson wins because that defense is big time. Let's uh, go now to um, a game – Archer obviously getting through with a late touchdown against Parkview last week and really good kind of oral history of that uh, game uh, Will wrote of uh, song up online right now and just talking to a bunch of players that were involved. You kind of start with that kickoff return, I think, with Andrew yeah. Booth. Interestingly, he doesn't really mention that his foot might have been in the end zone there <laughs> at the beginning, but uh, we'd have to see a replay on that. But uh the um, obviously great catch on the sideline to the, to uh, Carter Peavy's left. He made a great throw, great catch by Braylon Weems, and then Samaje Banks scoring that eventual game winner. And then obviously great stop there at midfield to uh, you know, regardless of what the outcome of the or what the play actually might have been, the fact that they're able to hit Malik Washington so immediately and make it a close yeah. call, you have to give him credit for that too. But uh, 
that game's in the past. Uh, I'm sure Archer is uh, overdone with talking about that because on Friday they have to play Tiff County, who's the at-large bid from Region 1 that has sort of similarly uh, got uh, had a few decisive wins. Grusha Roswell team that won its region 42-7 to in round one and then tiffed uh, just back on the road against East Calrita, won 24-17. Says something that this Tiff County team's been on the road, as you wrote, mm-hmm. and uh, still kind of beating uh, teams that you know, pretty soundly, um, and Archer's going to have to uh, sort of match their physicality, I think, this week. Yeah, Tiff lost some key pieces off that team last year that, that came up here and played Brookwood in the quarterfinals and lost. So I was kind of surprised to see them having the success that they've had so far, but definitely a great run. Uh, it's not going to be an easy one for Archer. Uh, that said, I like what Archer's been doing lately, finding a way to win that game against Parkview team that, that nobody had defeated so far. Uh, Parkview had an impressive list of victories uh, in non-region play and in region play. So for Archer to go over to the Big Orange Jungle and get that win, uh, not only got them uh, a home playoff game, got them into the quarterfinals. It gives them a pretty good chance, I think, against Tift uh, to go into the semifinals. And uh, I kind of like the Tigers in this one. I think they're going to pull it out. Yeah, I went with Archer in this one, too. And uh, just to compare, you mentioned some of Parkview's tough non-region opponents. Tift was one of them. Beat them by three points, 31-28, to 28, yeah. back on September 14th. Uh, let's just hear a little bit about what Coach Andy Dyer thinks about the game uh, this week. Going in, uh, going forward, what are your thoughts on Tiff? What have you seen of those guys? Great football team. They're big up front. They're D-line. Um, and they've got one defense being going to Kentucky uh, that, that causes havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're four down up front on defense. They're going to be a lot for us to handle. Um, they're very efficient on offense. They're very patient. Um, they'll 3-3-4 three, three, you. They run the quarterback a good bit, and then they take vertical shots uh, to their number three, to their big receiver. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a matter of us on both sides of the ball winning on first down and not being behind the chains. We want to try to make them throw the ball as much as we can and uh, keep them from third and threes and third and fours where they have the option to run the ball. Yeah. You, you uh, I talked to them a little about it, but playing here at home, what does that mean to you guys? That oh, it's awesome. Game? You know, we've this is uh, be the third time we've played here on Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving week, so it's big. We don't have to worry about traveling and all the things that are involved with that. So um, we get to kind of come in and just, you know, school's out, but they get to have a normal Friday afternoon, our same schedule, and then and, and go kick it off at 730. Is there any chance to host the semi? I didn't even look at the bracket. Do don't get, think so. Okay. Don't this know. is it, huh? Yeah, yeah this is it. Okay. What do you expect out of the teams out of that region? I mean, is it, is it similar to what they bring? I mean, it's going to be physical every time? Absolutely. Yeah. They're, um, they, they are big and strong. And uh, so it'll be another physical game. Um, so, you know, we've got to do a good job of making sure we get our bodies ready this week and, and um, so that we can so we can go for 48 minutes. Is a lot of the same guys that Brookwood played last year? Or did they graduate a lot? I know they lost a the big tackle. but They uh, did. They lost a couple of, of key players um, that, you know, from last year's squad. Um, you know, the first thing that jumps out to you is just their size. They got a lot of tall kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, on both sides. So, um you know, it'll be a um, we, we got a kicking game will be big. We got to do a great job winning the kicking game. I think we got can take advantage of some stuff there, and so it'll it'll be a good one. Yeah. What a, what's the reaction been after the big win against Parkby? Was it a easy to bounce back and go to work? Or is well, it... you know, uh, I warned the kids that you know we've been in this situation before a few years ago against McEachern where we had an emotion big emotional win just like that one, mm-hmm. and um, and so I just challenged them that they've got to you know. You got to be mentally tough to continue, and uh, we know I know they're physically tough, but you got to be mentally tough. 
Um, you got to have the ability um, each and every game in the playoffs. There's a lot of momentum swings, and you've got to have the ability every time to, to if you if you lose the momentum, to regain it. And uh, so, so that's a big deal for us is uh, just being mentally tough and, and being ready to play another full 48 minutes. Uh, just some, I think some other notable games here, uh, Tift beating Valdosta 24 to 10. That might tell you a little bit more about Valdosta maybe than Tift. Uh, lost to Warner Robins at the beginning of the season. Warner Robins looks like a, you know, at least a semifinalist, mm-hmm. maybe a state title contender in Class 5A. Um, then, you know, played some smaller classification teams, but uh, the difference was lost to Colquitt and uh, the loss to Camden on the last game of the season means that the only way it could get in was the at-large bid. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty convincing there. But um, uh, also playing a team that uh, we're going to be get a little bit familiar with, let's just kind of shift into uh, Class 5A, just for lack of a better word, or lack of a better uh, segue here. Bainbridge uh, is a team that... Uh, Played against Tiff County and uh, lost 31-14, to but that's Buford's opponent this week. Uh, if Bainbridge rings a bell, that's the alma mater of uh, Georgia head coach Curtis Smith, right. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, way down there in South Georgia, kind of close to the uh, border uh, with Florida. But uh, Bainbridge, sort of an interesting way in, kind of eked its way in there because uh, went 3-1 and one in region. Uh, lost to Warner Robins that plays in the same region as Warner Robins, uh, a state finalist last year. And uh, but before it started, region play had four straight losses. So mm-hmm. played a team out of state from Florida, lost to Brooks County, Crisp County, and then Tiff County to round, round out region play. Um, it's had pretty decisive wins so far. It'd be Jones County and Wayne County in the first two rounds, but totally different animal when you go against Buford. Yeah, they're they're playing at the right uh, well at the right time of the year. They kind of got some momentum late in the season, uh, and, and that's been big for them. They pulled off a couple upsets here already. It's going to be a huge upset for them to win this week against Buford. Uh, I think Buford's won seventeen out of the last nineteen quarterfinal games they've played in, which they've been in nineteen straight quarterfinals, which is pretty amazing in itself. But last time Buford lost a quarterfinal was two thousand six, I believe, was the la- the last time they lost a game there. So Buford at home in the quarterfinals is going to be tough. I think this is also a young team. Uh, Bainbridge has some young stars that have kind of stepped up and are growing up throughout the course of the season. So those guys are going to have a challenge against that Buford defense, which is playing well. And, of course, everybody knows about the Buford running game, the big offensive line, Darian Brown and those guys. Uh, I think Buford's got to be looked at as the favorite in this one. Yeah, uh, kind of shift now to uh, Class 6A. We've got uh, two teams in Class 6A, and I think um, – that uh, you know, you can kind of look at a different how different uh, publications sort of uh, rank their um, rank teams and things like that. There's some projections that ha- actually have Dekula and Lanier pretty close together, mm-hmm. just in terms of their sch- schedules are so similar because they play in the same region. Um, I believe they're also going up against opponents from the same region too. Right. So Region One, Coffee County, and um, uh, Region. Uh, Valdosta. Yeah, Valdosta in Region 1 as well. So Valdosta is actually the number two seed from that region, so it's going to travel to Decula and uh, Coffee County, the number four seed, going to Lanier. So both getting home games, do you think that's going to make a difference here? When I kind of see Decula and Valdosta pretty close in this one. I kind of like Coffee over Lanier here, but I've liked Lanier to lose in the last two rounds and they've been <laughs> able to pull it out. So yeah. I don't really know uh, there's much um, 
except for just sheer will here driving this linear team right now. Yeah, I think Region One's and Seven A and Six A are pretty both pretty very tough. South Georgia physical type teams, and and you're going to see that out of Coffee. Coffee's really going to run the ball right at, at Lanier and put pressure on that front seven, which is the strength of the, uh, the Lanier football team. You've got Cam Brown's been playing out of his mind lately at linebacker. Uh, Philip Webb, uh, Jake Ludwig, or, uh, Jamar Rucks, all those guys are playing well in the front seven. So they have to really stop the run in this game. And uh, once again, if Lanier's offense plays like it has the last two weeks in the playoffs, it's really kind of groove. Uh, Zach Calzada running the ball will add a little something to his uh, throwing game. He's a great athlete, so they broke that out last week. He rushed for over 100 yards. So that gives him another dimension there to go with Taj Barnes in the running game. I think Lanier's going to challenge, especially being at home. Uh, but Coffee's a team that's had a lot, of, a lot of experience, played for the state championship last year uh, and lost to Lee County in overtime. A uh, year before that, I think they were in the semifinals. So that those kids have played a lot of playoff games, whereas Lanier, this is the first time in the, uh, the quarterfinals. So I think that experience factor is probably going to come into play. I'd give uh, Coffee the slight edge on this one also. Yeah, um, just kind of talking about this region in general, it's brutal, brutal region where you've got defending state champ Lee County. I remember a few years ago, Houston County had a quarterback that uh, was breaking state records for passing uh, passing yards or passing touchdowns, maybe. Right. Uh, he plays at UGA now, and that team didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, really brutal region. Um, but another interesting tie here as we kind of turn to looking at Valdosta, which... Um, Valdosta uh, had beat Coffee County uh, during the regular season, thirty-seven to twenty-two. Um, Clint Jenkins has a little bit of a tie to uh, Valdosta. I guess uh, his dad had been a coach there on that or on that one of those coaching staffs uh, back in the day. Yeah, he's really close to. Uh... It was close to Coach Hyder, who's now deceased, his family. Uh, he coached down there with Coach Hyder, won a lot of state championships down there. Uh, he coached with a coach that played for Coach Wright Baysmore down there. So that's a, that's a program that's won, I think, uh, 24 state championships and 900-plus games. So he, he knows the Valdosta tradition very well. Uh, it's a very different Valdosta team, probably from the ones that he saw back in the day. This one throws the ball all over the field uh, with the coach's son. Uh, I think he's thrown for 3,000-plus yards and 31 touchdowns. So is going to be ready to uh, stop the pass on this one. I think they're going to have to be, and fortunately, they're pretty set up to uh, to play the pass well. They have some really nice DBs over there uh, at uh, Tequila. Maybe the strength of their defense is uh, being able to rush the passer and also uh, play there in the secondary, pick some balls off. Uh, Jayev Khan is a very good player, and then of course everybody knows Jalen Perry uh, going to Michigan. A lot of those kids are uh, big time playmakers. So look forward to seeing how they match up with that Tequila defense this week. Um, you caught up with Coach Clint Jenkins. Uh, this week, and um, I wonder what his firehouse sub uh, order is because uh, you, you just kind of ran into him serendipitously. <laughs> yeah, we're before we planned to talk that afternoon later, and we both uh, walked into the Hamilton Mill uh, firehouse subs. I guess he was already he was almost done eating lunch, and I, was, I just ordered. So I, uh, it's my first ever interview in the firehouse subs. I've done it in a lot of places, but this is uh, my first firehouse subs interview. Yes, yeah, so from free advertising for firehouse there, and uh, he seems like an engineer sort of guy, but maybe he's kind of an all meat dude. Uh, you know, gets the meatball sub or something so here's what uh coach clinching had to say um i guess valdosta looks pretty good i mean you can just look at the scores and see that they're, they're pretty impressive huh? what, what are your general thoughts on what they do and um, you know you look at their offense you look at there's four or five skilled kids that can go score at any time um look, a lot of quickness a lot of speed uh Good up front, yeah. Quarterback can can throw the ball well. So uh, again, just a lot of threats on offense. 
And what do they do offensively? What, what kind of offense are they running? Um, you know, they're, they're spread. They want they want to throw the football around, but but they they do some gap scheme and zone stuff in the run game. So it's not the Valdosta your dad was used to. No, it's, it's definitely not the same Valdosta, <laughs> but uh, the tradition's still there, and you know their kids are going. They believe in that. You, you know they're going to play that way. So. What have you told, told your kids about getting a chance to play Valdosta and what that um, means? I think you know the kids know that that my dad coached them. There and, and Coach Howder was a big part of my dad's life for so long. Um, my younger brother is actually named Nick, and, oh. and Coach Howder was at the hospital the night he was born. All right. And uh, so the, ga- the game actually means a lot to me. With, with you know, uh, I actually worked for Kenny Moore at Morgan County. He played for Coach Baysmore, so I've had Valdosta, <laughs> okay. you know, j- yeah. uh, a little bit of influence here and there, you know. So. Uh, so again, you know, with my dad being down there at one time, and, and just just knowing the tradition, and uh, I, you know, I, I'm really excited about it. So, and, and I've talked to the kids a little bit. Hey, the kids know about Austin. The, the, yeah, that's you know, the name is mm-hmm. synonymous with winning, and and so uh, they they know what we're up against. Yeah, so as always, follow us on Twitter at GDP Football. We will have uh, updates quarter by quarter here. Um, you know. We'll be updating our own games. Uh, Will will be at Decula. I'll be over at Archer. Um, So you can follow us at our individual Twitter accounts. And the scoreboard, as always, will be updated live uh, with each score on GwinnettPrepSports.com. So sort of the episodes are getting shorter, but one thing I did notice that uh, we're lining up for our 50th episode to be uh, right before the state championship game. This is technically the first week, though, where there's a potential that we have zero football teams to cover (laughs) next week, too. So uh, we'll see how it turns out. Likelihood is we'll still be talking about football next week, but you never know what will happen at this point in the season. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, be sure to tune in to the recap on Monday.